Hey everybody and welcome to another amazing episode of Finding Peaks. We have my grateful recovering co-host Jason (laughs) Friesma. Grateful to have him here. I am really, really excited for the show today. A little bit different. Chief Clinical Officer um, here with our friends Dan Hughill, who I believe is our Peaks Recovery first ever activities director. So grateful to have Dan on board. And we got Nick Wells here with Redemption Road CrossFit. Grateful to have him on. Um, But more than anything, we have amazing professionals. But you know what I do, I bring on even better humans. So we're so grateful here to have an hour to talk about American politics. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Really looking forward to talking about recovery, talking about how these men right here uh, work with people both uh, incarcerated and out in the community and helping people transition and integrate into the community and change their lives one day at a time. And we just had the pleasure of sitting here for the last 15 minutes really talking to Nick and chatting with Dan about the work that they're doing. And so I really want to kick it over to them and, and have them tell you a little bit about their story um, in the hope that we have not only for community integration, but just for people in the early stages of recovery, finding fitness, finding connection, um, and finding these gentlemen. And so we're just going to get it going. I'm going to start with Dan. Um, Dan, maybe just introduce yourself. Dan was a, a former employee of Peaks Recovery a few years back, and he went over uh, to the Phoenix Multisport, a nonprofit um, recovery fitness program here in town, which is a really great operation. And he spent some time there. And over the last couple of months, we're grateful to get him back at Peaks Recovery, back home with us. But I want to turn it over to Dan and just talk a little bit about. Um, maybe where you started your recovery, um, you know, your Peaks experience, the Phoenix, and kind of where we're at today. Cool, awesome. Chris, yeah. thank you, bro. Yeah, thank man. you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Dan Hugel. I was, uh, uh, my, so my recovery experience, uh, I, it, July 23rd, I'll have eight years completely sober, completely clean. Uh, yeah, like when I first got sober, um, it was actually, um, I was on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I, here in Colorado Springs, I had seven, was out on seven felony warrants for like distribution, manufacturing, methamphetamine, mm-hmm. robbery. He was on the news for armed robbery mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually go down that way, but I won't get into that whole story right now. <laughs> it's actually not what <laughs> happened. Yeah, but, uh, so like, like, um, the, the bounty hunters ended up getting me in 2014 on July 23rd. I got a phone call. My mom, my, my parents were watching my two dogs, but they wouldn't let me stay with them because, you know, I was, my life was significantly unmanageable. Yeah. And so I get a phone call in the morning and uh, she's like, hey, your dogs are gone. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, I'm just waking up, you know, and at this point I'm drinking so bad that like I'm DTing. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I was an IV user, so I had to drink to stop to shake so that I could use. Mm-hmm. And then like, I, I was just sweating. It was like middle of July, like 95 degrees. I would have been mm-hmm. sweating in 20 degrees. Yeah. And uh, I remember I got dropped off down the alley at my parents' house because I was like, all right, I'm going to find my dogs. I love my dogs. I yeah. still have them with two pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking up the alley and I'm using my cute voice. I'm like, Toba Hammer, where are you? And I was like, well, maybe they found them. So, so hot outside. It's so yeah. hot. And like, I was very athletic prior to this. And in my mind, I still wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Momentarily, I, I, was, I would come to realize how deconditioned I had actually become from 14 years of just crazy drug and alcohol use. So mm-hmm. I go walking in the back door, going up the alley, and I go into my parents' house, and then standing at the front door of the bounty hunters, Stephen and Will, and I'm actually friends with them now. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I yelled some profanities. I went hopping the fence, and uh, I ran, and uh, this is when I realized how deconditioned I was. Two, 300 meters, I was just like, 
I have to figure something out because this dude's on my heels. Went to jump the fence, fell, bleeding everywhere, and um, ended up going to jail, and they finally had enough, like, like they, had, they put a bunch of holds on me. They were like, absolutely not. Like, we're not letting you out this time. And then I ended up, you know, this is where I first had my, like, come back to, like, my spiritual path and, like, got sober long enough to, like, realize, like, I'm for sure going to prison. Mm-hmm. And, like, now it's like, what can I do to lessen the blow of that? What can I do to, like, to, like, get my life together? So, like, I had kind of, like, a, a, what we could call kind of, like, a spiritual slap in the face while I was in the county jail. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing a 30-day inpatient treatment at Parker Valley Hope. That's right. Yeah, which, yeah. which was great. Yeah. And, um, but shout out to Robert. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah but uh, so like I, I did all this, all these things, you know, started getting really involved with 12 step and uh, still on, um, they gave me, my, my offer was if I take it to trial, you're looking at like 42 to 48 years and like, like I, there's no way I'm going to beat that. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no way. So I took an open plea mm-hmm. and on December 14th, 2000, December 15th, 2014, I got sentenced to 12 years in the Department of Corrections. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit shocking. I was just yeah. like, ooh, all right. And then, you know, went in through the, like, you know, the whole, like, you know, you've been through on transport, going to cell house five, there's like a little pull-up bar. I could do three pull-ups. <laughs> and I used to be so athletic. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. So um, this is where I started to really decide that I'm gonna start getting back into like my fitness, whatever that looks like. I ended up, ended up at Bent County Correctional Facility and uh, I, I started working out a lot. I remember my first hundred burpees. Like by like the first five, I was like, I got this. And then by 49, I was like, I'm, I'm just making it to halfway. It was a mind battle. And, and I got through it. And then something happened with that where I just I felt good. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. So we started doing like CrossFit, yard CrossFit. There was a guy in there that, that he, uh, he did CrossFit when he was on the streets. And he kind of brought like the version of programming that he knew how to do. So like this is where CrossFit was one of the big things that saved my life. And I'm not, I'm going to let Nick talk here in a minute about RF2 and Redemption Road CrossFit because I wish I had something like that in there. Yeah. It's an amazing program. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I started doing CrossFit and, and uh, I, I didn't join a gang, didn't do anything like that. Just went to like church 12 step mm-hmm. meetings in there. And then I ended up uh, uh, in March, 2016, I did about a, almost a year and a half. They brought me back and they reconsidered my sentence and they released me into a specialty drug court program. Mm-hmm. And at this point, this is where I found the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It was like 48 hours sobriety. You can go and you can do CrossFit. It's free. Yeah. I was on that. I latched yeah. onto that. And then at that time, that's where I met you. Yeah. And you were the first person in that heels court, right? Uh, I wasn't the first person the first in the heels court. Okay. I was the first person to be, to be brought back, to be like brought from prison, okay. to like okay. progress like that. It was yeah. kind of an experiment. For me. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, 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 I, and, I, and I smashed through the program. I crushed yeah. the program. The, the heels court, I'm very grateful to them. But yeah, and that's, that's where I found Phoenix, and that's then cool. I, I landscaped for two months, and that fell through, and then uh, uh, that's where I came in and I met everybody at Peaks, and I started off as a house manager for almost two years. And yeah. So like, like, like big shout out, like I, I love Peaks, loved it then, love it now. Um, it, it, you guys gave me the opportunity, and I say us, and it's like we now, but like you, <laughs> yeah, you know we, what I mean? Yeah. Gave me the opportunity to get my foot in the door to be in the recovery yeah. community, help yeah. me get certified as a you know, peer recovery coach. And then yeah. from there, you know, I remember when we transitioned, you had that little party for me when I transitioned to the Phoenix. And yeah. uh, it was great. I was, you know, the program coordinator at the Phoenix. I was an instructor for a few years, and I became mm-hmm. the program coordinator for Colorado Springs. And then was also the liaison for Colorado for everything we do with the Department of Corrections. So... Um, last year uh, at Wadfest is actually when I met Nick, and in 2019, when I found the, the RF2, the Redemption Road CrossFit program, I went into Fremont Correctional Facility, so I met Trevor Jones. Yeah. I met Trevor, and I walked in there because I'd worked out in prison, and I knew about all the politics from experiencing it right. personally. Uh-huh. And I walked in, and there's something, what I saw 
was you have different gangs, different races, different cases all working out together. I was like, there's something to this. Yeah. So like I started to try to get involved and then, you know, like, like COVID I couldn't go and do anything like that. And then started to get more back involved. And that's where I met Nick at the Wad Fest. And it was great. Um, cool if I tell them about the Wad yeah. Fest? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Wad Fest blew my mind. So it was, they had, was it, was it 15 people from from inside the facility and they brought 50, 30, 30 total? Uh, I think it was, yeah, 15 or 20. 15 or 20? Yeah, 15 or 20 of us. Uh, two or three from each facility. Yeah, um, that's cool. That has the program. We all came and we were paired up with volunteers from the street. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's where his shirt, like, like yeah. he got the cool shirt. That's a participant shirt. That's, that's got cool. a volunteer shirt. It's almost <laughs> as cool as his shirt. Yeah. It's like white. Yeah, yeah. Does it get like the dark? It's yeah. white, it has, of course. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. cool though. Yeah, so, so that's where I go. Uh, they had the, the competition in there and it was at the Denver women's facility and they brought people from all over the facilities. Matt Frazier showed up. Wow. Yeah, people were hanging out with Matt Frazier. He had a picture with Nick. Yeah, like it was, it was powerful. Like seeing that, uh, it was so igniting. That's where I started to get more involved with going back into the prisons and started like really wanting to get involved with Redemption Road, CrossFit and like a few of the other ones. And um, so nowadays, I just, this is my first, like I guess my second technically kind of week back at Peace. Yeah. And I'm just really excited to be back. I can't wait. We're unrolling all kinds of fitness and activity into the curriculum. And like, I'm just so excited. And we're about to unleash this all next week and get it started. And uh, that's, that's in a nutshell, yeah. like what I've been through where I'm at today. I, you know, since then I got, I'm married. I have a kid, I have a, my boy Asher, who's almost three and I adore him. You know what I mean, yeah. bro, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I have a little daughter who's nine months old. She'll be one in September. And, uh, and my wife, we, like my life has changed drastically yeah. from where it was back when I was running amok on the streets. Yeah, I love that, man. And I thank you for checking in and sharing so vulnerably with us. And I think it's important to point out for the viewers that I never knew Dan before he got into recovery. And Dan is one of the most compassionate, kind, empathetic, caring people I have ever met. And so that I think that just goes to show when we're out there coping with substances because that's what we're doing. There is most certainly an undertow of which we're coping from and is informing those behaviors because I never met that person that he describes in the past. In fact, I met somebody much different and I met somebody in who in my experience, in my opinion, is in the true, genuine and authentic version of himself and that's why he's thriving in this world. So I really appreciate you, man. I think sometimes when people hear prison, sometimes they hear violence, they hear stuff, they're like, whoa, I can't relate. When in fact, I think we can all relate just a little bit. And yours truly, president and founder, I was lucky to not have gone into the Department of Corrections. God spared my life and I marched off into recovery, but it could have easily been that way. And I just want people to hear and see very drastically that there is hope, there is change, and it's sitting right in front of me today. So, Absolutely. yeah, so I appreciate that, brother. I want to t turn it over to Nick. I got the chance to meet Nick about 45 minutes ago, and I've, we were actually mid-conversation, and the show started. So I want to pick up and allow Nick to introduce himself, tell a little bit about his story as well. Uh, my name is Nick Wells. I'm super happy to be here. Um, I met Dan, like you said, at Wadfest uh, last July. Um, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a pivotal moment in my life. There was things happening in my life at that time that was unbelievable. Like you said, God stepped in and saved your life. Mm -hmm. um, God stepped in and saved my life uh, a couple blocks from here in 2008. And I had a little standoff with the police. They called it a standoff. I was just trying to get my stuff together. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to get some food, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> trying to get my stuff anyway, together. I came out. I surrendered. But anyways, it changed my life that day. That was uh, you know, 14 years ago. And, uh, but what got me there was drug abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
at an early age, I found methamphetamines. You're not supposed to be doing methamphetamines ever, mm -hmm. let alone a 14-year-old kid. Yep. And then a 14-year-old kid that thought he was a drug dealer. Right. You know? And then to fuel that drug habit, I, I resorted to crime because your mom's not going to give you money for drugs. Right. Okay? <laughs> and so, or at least so. And so I spent 14 years of my life um, getting it all wrong. Um, drugs, in and out of jail, um, horrible relationships, horrible, uh, you know, just one thing after another, mm -hmm. right? Uh, walking different than what I was called. Right. And uh, that day changed my life, right? I went by there the first day I got out just to see <laughs> it, uh, just to see full circle. It's literally like three blocks from here. Um, but in that process, uh, you know, you do a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-reflection. So I, I was a drug addict. I go to the jail. Um, you know, there is gangs and violence. Um, you know, I was selling drugs. I was in that world. So I knew a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, and so I get, you know, fast forward. I, like Dan, you know, like before it was, you get out of prison, you get out, you get in trouble, you get out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You go to probation, you get out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're doing things. This time they're like, absolutely not. Yeah, you're not going uh, anywhere. We're done with you. Yeah. Uh, we're absolutely done. I had 103 felonies out of Douglas County, wow. like 60 out of Colorado Springs. And they're like, you're not getting a plea bargain. Yeah. Plea bargains aren't an option. Matter of fact, you're everything but a plea bargain. Right. And I was like, man. And so I ate my... I ate myself. I being an addict, I ate myself to death. I found myself 400 pounds, right? Uh -huh. I was 400 pounds trying to figure out life. And uh, a friend of mine, oh, he's just like, man, what is wrong with you, you know? Yeah. And my life changed. Like, I, I already knew I was about to, I was like, this ends today, no more. You know, there's a funny story that goes on. I'm not going to use the butt right now. But, uh, <laughs> um, I was telling you guys earlier. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it was a pivotal moment in my life where I was like, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And then I showed up to the Lyman Correctional Facility and the gangs were like, hey, you know, what's up? You know what I mean? You got all your whole life in prison. I was like, yeah, I'm going to die here, but I'm not doing that. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to set a new road and whatever the consequences, so be it. Right. And so, you know, I was kind of straddling the fence, being cool with the guys. You know, I didn't want to get like, you know, jumped every day or For anything sure. like that. But at the same time, I, did, I know I didn't want to be a part of that. And I met this guy, Damien Arguello, who's the co-founder of uh, RF2, and uh, changed my life forever. You know, I, when I met him, you know, I knew him, but we were just kind of, I was just, just, you know, passing. We worked together in the laundry, but one day he was doing thrusters, and I was like, that looks cool. <laughs> I went over there to see him, and I was like, hey, what are you doing, man? And he was like, I'm going to do 50 thrusters per time. Are you in? And I was like, well, I don't even know what a thruster is. And so he had 95 out. pounds on the bar, and it was metal weight. We didn't have any rubber, yeah. you know? And so I, I do the most miserable thruster it's ever seen, right? Like front squats, I'm all on my toes, I'm, elbows are down, hunched over, up, and I'm like trying to get that 95 pounds above my head, and it was miserable. And I get it up there and I just drop the weight to the top, right? Which is like a taboo. Send it. Right? Yeah, metal weight. What are you doing, bro? And it's like bang, bang, bang. And all these guys that have been down for like 100 years are like, hey, brother, don't do that. You know? like, hey. I was like, I'm sorry. Hey, brother. And then Damien's like, oh, man. You know, and he's, I can see the look on his face, like, really? Um, <laughs> but at the same time, he's super happy. And yeah. He's like, well, what do you think? I was like, well, I only got 49 more to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was like, man, I found my workout partner for life. And that dude helped me change my life. Wow. And we just started grinding, grinding, grinding. And I helped my poor mom. I'm like, hey, go to CrossFit.com. She's like, what? Like, What's a wad? You know? And so like, we started doing things. And uh, you know, what we saw was that it started out with two of us. We were doing CrossFit 2012 to 2017. It was two of like, Two more people would come. Two more people would come. Two more people would come. And then um, Brandon Cruiser and Damian Arguello had the bright idea of making it into a program. 
I was a naysayer at first and I was like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way they're going to give us a program. But if they do, I'm there. Right. Right? Yeah. First day, I'm there. Boom. Yeah. Hey, I love this. Mm -hmm. uh, then we're like, hey, we're going to get certified. I was like, yeah, right. What? Yeah. And then CrossFit comes in, got my level one. Wow. I was like, man, it was like, the, you know, for coming from a background of doing absolutely nothing with my life, you know, and, it, you know, I'm not trying to burn myself down, but at the end of the day, I look back at my life and I'm like, I really didn't do much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, drugs cost me my son, a, a, a relationship that I love dearly with a woman that I'm actually back with now, which is perfect. Wow. You know, yeah. my high school girlfriend, um, <laughs> you know, it ruined a lot of things in my life yeah. just because I couldn't stop the drugs. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, man, we're doing something different. And that level one certificate, like, I was like, man, I can, I, I can succeed in this. Mm -hmm. And then not only I, I can succeed, I started seeing the guys around me and the 30 members that are in our program that were relying on us every single day to get coached up, to get mentored. And it was so much more than just, you know, what, right? right. It was, so hey, we're here, I'm here for you 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? Which then I got my peer assistant training. And so I was using that as a platform. Like, hey, if you, if, after the workout, if you're still going through it, just give me a call. I don't care if it's two in the morning. I don't care if it's like whatever. There was one guy in particular, my friend Loco, he's Loco for a reason. Uh, <laughs> he's a crazy ass crip guy. Um, doesn't get along with anybody, will fight anybody, but he's sitting there working out with these men that no right that should they, those two, like a white supremacist and a crip, right? Yeah. They shouldn't be working out together, but they were, and they yeah. love each other. And they were just grinding. And yeah. he was trying to get sober. And the other guy was trying to get him sober. And they were like, we could do it together. Right. You know? And I would go mm. over there. And his homies like to give him the drugs before he locked down. Right? He's like, all right. So I would go over there a few minutes before 9. Right? He'd call me over on a peer assistant. I'd sit in the classroom and talk to him for a half hour, which is a few minutes past lockdown. And then so by the time he went back in the unit, everybody else was locked down. He could just go straight just, to his room and go to sleep. Yeah, I didn't have to think about it. And we did that for like wow. months to try to get him sober. And it worked, you know? Wow. And I was like, man, this is great. But anyways, so when we got our level twos, I met Nicole. Uh, it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Nicole Gordon is yeah. just, uh, just a beautiful awesome. woman. Awesome. She's just an amazing human being, like probably the best human being I've ever met. Um, and so, yeah, we went from there and we, we expanded. Like he said, he was at Fremont with my friend Trevor Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, we expanded to four facilities. Wow. Started, in Colorado? In Colorado. Wow. We went from, started at Lyman, then I went to Fremont, um, to Arkansas Valley, to Sterling, and now we're in nine. We're four official affiliates, wow. nine, nine, nine uh, satellite, uh, well, nine, nine facilities in total. Uh, the director wants it in all 18 facilities. Uh, two women's, both the women's facilities have it, and we have 2,000 active participants wow. with 70 people that have certified uh, certificates through CrossFit. That's 70 people that are hireable the second they walk out. Mm. And then we have our nonprofit, which uh, Nicole quit CrossFit to work with our nonprofit not full time. And so we, we've been doing transition. Um, anyways, all that work, uh, I, I want to tell the story because I, I'd be amiss if I did not. In 2019, we put on the very first competition ever inside prison. Ever, uh, anywhere, ever, anywhere. Uh, ever heard of, there was first for everything. First CrossFit program in prison, official. First time for people to get level ones, I was there. First time level two, was there. Uh, 2019, December, uh, we, um, we put on the first ever competition and we brought 30 people from the street to be yeah. paired up with 30 of us. Yeah. And so with that, I met this lady, Violetta. I was randomly paired up with Violetta Chapin, who was my partner. Uh -huh. We ended up taking first place that day. Um, and then about a week later, she called my case manager and said, hey, I have it on my heart to get you out of prison. Wow. I'm, a, I'm an attorney. That's what I was going to ask. How'd you get out? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, wow. that's it. Like, um, she, she works for the 
University of Colorado um, Law School. She's a professor, and she got her students involved, and we wrote a clemency petition. Um, she happens to just know every single person under the sun. And, um, <laughs> you know, I put in a lot of hard work. Like, what I was doing with CrossFit, what my friends were doing, like, it wasn't unnoticed. And it's contrary to, like, the prison norm. Yeah. And so, like, they keep on telling me, like, no, you did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you helped me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they, all they did was the legal stuff, right. right? But they're beautiful people. I had three students that I talked to every single day on the phone for, like, four months. Uh, I talked to Violetta constantly, and we, we petitioned the governor. And then Ben, I met uh, from Wad Prep. Uh, ben, I can't pronounce his last name, and I'm not even going to try it, but it is, it's web, Wad Prep's his, uh, company. He put me on his website uh-huh. saying, hey, this is a CrossFitter, and this is what he's done with his life. Don't take my word for it. Read his clemency petition, and if you, if you agree, go ahead and click this link to the governor's office. And so they, people did. It generated like 200 emails. Wow. People from Australia, like, hey, do I have to become a citizen to do this? <laughs> oh, wow. And like, That's people cool. out, like, telling me, hey, I want you out. Don't worry about your community. I know you built a strong community inside, uh-huh. but there's a community out here waiting for you. And I was just like, man. And then the owner of CrossFit, Eric Rosa, did the same thing, put me on the morning chalk up huh. with the same link. He, they, they, they did their variation of the story. I got to meet him in August of last year, uh, and he was just like, look, we got you. Yeah. And then uh, what I was doing with the FAST program, which is fitness and sobriety training, is basically like what the Phoenix was up to. Like, hey, just get sober. And I know fitness is a platform. Mm-hmm. And not only are we going to get you sober, but we're going to get you being a better person. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to get you just – and so my, that shifted my whole focus onto like, okay, I'm in a place where my sobriety is great. Mm-hmm. August 11th will be 14 years. And I'm That's just huge, super man. excited That's cool. It, right? Let's go. Summer uh, birthdays, man. But I felt like I was in a place where I can – Take this knowledge and help others. Yeah. Because my life has changed drastically through the men and women that were around me and believing in me and showing me something different through fitness, through mentorship, yeah. accountability, really. Yeah. You know, like I was messed up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like doing like, you know, gambling or something. My buddy Damien would be like, hey, really? Right. Is that <laughs> really what you want to do? Yeah. You know, is this is really what's going to further your, you know, yeah. you know, further you in life? And I'm right. like, you're right. Yeah. And it's those, that accountability mm-hmm. uh, that we saw that these gang members inside prison, these drug addicts wanted. They thrive for it. Mm-hmm. They want to be told. They want to be corrected. Yeah. The problem is, is no one's correcting them. Like, you're not the man. And right? there's people not building trusting relationships like you are True. too, which is really important. Because you go in there, you foster the trust, and then they're like, show me the way. Yeah. You know? and, they, and they like it. They yeah. see what you're doing. They want something, they want something different in their life. Mm-hmm and they see that you've changed. Yeah. They see where you've came from, and then they're like, okay, well, I want that too. Yeah. How do I get there? Help me. Yeah. And then when the, people are like, hey, help me, like, I'm all in. I'm like, yeah. hey, look. And then the guys that aren't like, help me, but you can tell they want it, yeah. those are the ones I, I'm all the time. I'll just yeah. go over and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. How are you? I'll be the person, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. And so now, with being free, I got clemency. Uh, the governor gave me in December. Uh, but they made me go through the parole process. <laughs> Still. And so, like, I had, now you're eligible for parole. Yeah. So, right. they're like, hey, <laughs> so instead of being parole eligible 10 years later, later uh-huh. right? So I had 60 year sentence for all that stuff I did. And then I went back to court in 2018, got it down to a 48. Wow. And I was like, oh man, I could do this. I sentence. could see the light. <laughs> and before I thought I was going to die in prison, I was solely happy, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, this is my life. I'm going to make the best of it. And then in 2018, I was like, oh, wait, I'm just going to be old. But I'm going to get out. Yeah. And then when I met Violetta and I started doing these things, and I was like, wait a minute, there's hope. And yeah. I, I knew instantly, like, the belief that she had in me and Nicole, and Nicole was just like, call me as soon as you get out. And I was like, that's like 40 years from now. 
but I'll call you. Yeah, I'll give you, you a know? shout. Don't change your number. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it just happened to be two wow. years later, three years later that I'm like, hey, I'm getting out. That's wild. And so I got out May 10th, um, hit up Dan immediately. Uh, Dan and Nicole are my two friends. And uh, I go work out with them. Um, we uh, go to church together. We go work out. Cool, man. Uh, you know, I went and met you guys, like, like literally, like, the second day I was out. Yeah. I think it was, like, either day one or day, wow. day two, day That's three. That's cool, man. <laughs> That's guys, recovery. Like, come with me. Yeah, so he was like, hey, you got to meet these guys at peak. And uh, we met Brandon. I think yeah. we were on vacation. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, had a great conversation with Brandon. I just was like, man, and what I want to do with my life is get people sober. Yeah. Through fitness. Yeah. Fitness is a platform. Fitness is an avenue. It's a side effect. You just start looking good, yeah. right? I lost 200 pounds doing it, um, and I see the results in people, and people feel good about themselves, and they're thinking about like, hey, what, what are you gonna put inside your body? Like, am I gonna eat this sugar? I went right. a crumble cookie yesterday. Probably the best thing I've ever had. I know, right, man? I was addicted. That was yeah. a problem. So I, I was getting that. them delivered. My, my girlfriend bought me all. The She's like, hey, you need every one of them. Yeah, and I was like, so really? I'm sitting there like this. And I took a bite of one and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so I ate one cookie and then a buddy of mine had just got out. <laughs> he was in waiting for the abs uh, uh, parade up in Denver. Yeah. And I, I heard the kids in the background. I was like, perfect. So yeah. I went and met him and his wife and his kids. And I was like, hey kids, I got something for you. These <laughs> delicious cookies because I can't do them. Yeah. Because I think about those things now. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I consuming the right things for my body? Yeah. Is it going to propel me better? Right. But like I was telling you earlier, like it all comes down to that stimulus pause response. Mm -hmm. There's a freedom of choice in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I believe that you can change your life with that model. Yeah. And it doesn't just apply to like, you know, fancy help, self-help books or anything else. It's like, okay, this is what's going to react to me. Mm -hmm. And how am I going to react to it? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to ask you too. Like, I mean, what do you think it takes to change your life? But I think you guys have really illustrated it and explained it quite brilliantly. And it's like, it's important for people in this world to have identity and purpose. Mm. And that's what you explain so well that like out of every corner through this CrossFit stuff was another piece of purpose, another piece of identity. And um, I guess I'll kick it over to you, Dan. What do you think is the recipe for people transitioning and even people out here in the community of which you've worked for the last few years of what is the recipe for success? And I love the simplicity of using fitness as a platform because fitness I think speaks to most people. Absolutely. So. Yeah, like, like, like you say, like, like getting back out from prison. Uh -huh. I think that fitness is huge. Yeah. Obviously, like for me, when I got out, I found the Phoenix, it was huge. It was something I already knew and I was comfortable with. So now it's something I can latch on to when I get out of here. Mm -hmm. And one of the really big, important things I found with that that just came along was the community, yeah. was the connection. So now mm -hmm. I have all these people that believe in me and they're connected. And I didn't even like intentionally, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go find a community. It just kind of happened organically. Mm -hmm. So it was beautiful. And then yeah. like, that's like kind of one of the things that I really try to do now is when people are getting out, like I was, I was the CrossFit coach for parole for like two years. So I know a lot of them. So like, yeah. I, like I like to help write parole plans yeah. or like, I, I love Melissa Barnett up there. Like, uh, She's the re-entry specialist. Oh, cool. like I'll go in and meet them with her, and, I'm, and I just try to go in and help and like write out like you have. They have a support if they are released to Colorado Springs. You just like, and then you have like the little things like transportation and work and just trying to help problems. Just meeting those that. primal needs, yeah, yeah. 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 Which help with those. That's cool, man. I, I love the support. And what is it like for you, Jason? Because Jason's been a clinician in Colorado Springs for eons, right? Since the 19th century. Um, he's been out here working, moving and grooving, and he's worked with a lot of people that don't have the story you do, don't have the reintegration story. And quite frankly, the story that you just told in Dan's story is like, that's the first one I've ever heard, like that. 
Um, and I want to hear more of them. And it says there's hope, but what is it like for a clinician? Because oftentimes you don't hear stuff like this. I mean, great question. First, I want to acknowledge like, um, that I brought my dad bod today, and uh, you guys are so fit. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's dad bod's yeah. in, man. Yeah, yeah but check this yeah. out. It doesn't matter. He was in my gym 645 this morning. He's been Absolutely. there for the last six Get months. Dude. Good. Yes. Good so job. let's go. Get in there. Yeah. I like exactly. to say I'm trying to turn my dad bod into a father figure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> working on That's that. Um, father figure, yeah. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, like what I hear, like I love that you brought up the community piece because I think um, – like the fitness is the platform, but it seems like it's the platform for community. But I, I wanted to ask you guys, like, um, obviously people coming out of prison can carry a lot of shame for what brought mm -hmm. them in there. And like, it, it can be hard to kind of reintegrate into the, into the world. And then people can carry a lot of shame about like not being in shape or not taking care of their body. And how do you guys, how do you guys meet people where they are as far as that shame? Well, you want to go? No, you go for it. No. You go for it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm told every day. I need to forgive myself first, right? Yeah. Uh, there's things like, you know, I just went and visited friends who have like a boat and a house and, you know, beautiful family and kids. We all went to high school together. Right. Um, my girlfriend has a beautiful family, kids, house. And I'm like, here I am, 42 years old. You know what I mean? Just got my driver's license. I'm like texting people pictures of it. I'm like, I got that. <laughs> He's like, check I'm it out, like, man. That's so happy. cool, man. A friend of mine uh, <laughs> from prison actually gave me a car so I can use. and. Uh, you know what I mean? I, but I feel like sometimes I feel ashamed. I'm like, man, I'm 42 years old. Like, this is the stuff I'm supposed to be doing when I'm 19. And then my lady's like, hey, forgive yourself. Uh, mm. Find that. You need to forgive yourself before you can even move on. And I realized that, like, I had to love myself before I can ever give back to somebody else. And that's what, it, like, the process took for me. So there's a lot of shame. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt, right? Like, I look at my mom and I'm like, hey, look, I'm really sorry I put you through all that, right? I'm not only sorry for the 14 years I was in prison and having you come visit me there, but I'm, I'm sorry for the 14 years I was a dirtbag, right? Mm. Um, addicted to drugs and just doing the wrong things. And so that, that weighs heavy on my heart, like almost at all times. Like people say, oh, you gotta forgive yourself. Like, cool, but it's still there. It's a process. Yeah. And that shame and that uh, like, you know, embarrassment almost mm. is enough to like seclude yourself in, in like, you know, get into your, in your own feelings. And that can lead down a path where like, I'm just gonna, I, this is what I know, this is all I'm gonna do best, right? And so for me, when I see that in people and I see that they're getting into those spots because I've been there, you can't let that rabbit hole go down too far because that's where you spin off into relapse yeah. and you spin off into the old habits because it's so easy to go on that easy road, mm -hmm. right? But when there's a, you know, a mountain in front of you, you wanna go fast, mm -hmm. up a mountain faster, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard, it's yeah. hard work, but you can do it. So when I see that and I notice that, I tell people like, hey, I went to see my friend Mary yesterday. She's struggling. And I'm like, don't, don't not be ashamed to pick up that phone. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling, call me. I don't care day or night. Call me because your sobriety and your freedom is the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. And so with, with the transition line and people that are coming out of prison, to know that there's people that have been there before you. Like Dan, like I rely on Dan. Like, hey, what do I do about this? What about my parole officer? What about this, right? And I have a friend named Eric. I text him like at five in the morning. Like, am I doing this right? He's like, dude, it's <laughs> five a.m. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I haven't had a coffee yet. Oh, I've already worked out. What are you doing? You know what I mean? And then, uh, so, uh, but they were there for me. Dan's there for me. Nicole's there for me. They've never said like, oh, hey, I don't got time for that right now. And that's what people like I feel need. But here, like, hey, no, I've been there. I'm going to help showing. you through it yeah. and get out of your head. Get out of your head because you're doing great. 
the reassurance that you are doing good and life is going to be hard. My cell phone was the hardest thing I've ever figured out. Hmm. Before you just flipped it open, dialed the number. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is great. And now I'm talking to my watch. <laughs> Everything has a passcode, and I'm like, what are my passwords? So I got this note on my phone, if I can get into it, that has my passwords, right? Because everybody wants a different password, and I'm like worried about Russian hackers and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, okay, get off the news, right? Yeah, okay, no news. News is not good. But people walk me through it. Hey, yeah. like, figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, having somebody meet you where you're at, man. Meet you where you're at, communication, you're not Mm -hmm. alone, and there's people out there that maybe they haven't shared experiences, they haven't shared prison, uh, but they've shared life. They've had real life problems, you know? Uh, While I was getting it all wrong, and I had these problems that are so dramatic, you know, people lose childs. You know, like my girlfriend lost her child in a car accident. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what that feels like. I can't imagine what people's lives are like when they lose their house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When the, when the housing market falls, what do you do? Do you, do you, do you, do you go into uh, uh, addiction and that way, or do you ask for help? Mm-hmm. And you just, uh, I mean, communication is key. Yeah. Yeah. Community, communication. I love that, man, because what you highlighted right there is it's like a tremendous amount of vulnerability and humility with people you trust. Yeah. Just ask for help. Pick up the phone. Yeah. And you, you don't know. have to know them super well. Yeah. Right? Uh, you just need to be able to say, hey, like, I need help. Yeah. And having that voice. Yeah. Speak up. It's really cool, man. How wild is it to be sitting here in front of these lights, man? That's you were cool. just like <laughs> days ago, man. Yeah. And but it, it almost feels like, man, you've been preparing for this moment for a decade. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that uh, I honestly think I have like um, I never like, you know, when I there was a time when I was like, I'm going to die here mm. in prison. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Okay, this is it. Okay, I can make I, I good with this. Yeah. I have a phrase like, uh, you made your bed, right? I love that. I tell people all the time, like, well, you're like, oh man, I got in trouble. Well, you made your bed. Like, you shouldn't have got up. You know? yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's the thing, right? You make your bed every day. Yeah. It's either you get into a messy bed or you make it. One of the two, mm-hmm. right? And so it's one of my favorite things. So I always told myself that, huh? this is your lot. Mm-hmm. You, you chose this for yourself. You worked hard for yeah. this. You didn't just, they didn't just hand it to you. Mm-hmm. I didn't get screwed over. Right. Like, I worked really hard yeah. for them to say, hey, look, dude. That's enough. Really hard. And they, they did it. They scared yeah. me. They said, hey, look, you're going to prison for life, basically, for theft. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. I it's it. so interesting you say that. It's, we, say, we had a client, one of my favorite people that's ever come through this program, and I won't mention her name, but she had a, a tattoo on her wrist that said, it's not about the dishes, mm-hmm. right? Because we're always like, dishes, make your bed, dishes, make your bed, new behaviors, new rituals, yeah. dishes, make your bed, rinse, wash, repeat. It's not about the dishes, man. Yeah. It's about you, yeah, make right? Your bed. Make your bed. Yeah, I love that, man. That is so cool, man. Well, we are about 12 minutes over. Um, (laughs) I knew we were going to do that. Um, But it was just really nice having you guys on here. I'm really hopeful that we can get this episode out, the people that really need it. And I love that we have people in our community that are finding it necessary today to not be good for others, but to be great. Um, And I think it goes a long way in showing people what this looks like and not necessarily telling them. And then when they ask, they're all in. And so you guys are just a great example of what recovery looks like. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Dan, so grateful to have you back oh, at Peaks. Thank you. I mean, we are, we are a better company um, with, you got, with you on board and a better community with you out here in it. Last question. Um, what does the future look like for you, Nick? Um, recovery. Recovery, yeah. uh, getting involved. 
Um, I'm currently uh, studying for my level three CrossFit. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm trying to, yeah. he's farther than me. <laughs> take it, my, my plan is to take it like next month. Whether I pass okay. or fail, I want to take it. Just jump in there. Um, I've, I've passed all the other tests. Mm -hmm. I know the material. Um, I'm working at two different gyms right now. Um, I love it. Yeah. My, my future, uh, I went to Florida. Uh, they're talking about the VA hospital down there. He wants a functional fitness program to help uh, veterans with cool. PTSD. Um, I know that I would like to own my own gym one day, mm -hmm. but I also like to be able to give back to people that are struggling. So get a gym, mm. do similar things like, hey, sobriety, come on in. Yeah. You know, work closely with uh, organizations that need, uh, that re just about recovery. Yeah. If I can give back, uh, I don't need to make a million dollars. I just need to, I, I, to me, I would like to just give back. Mm. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now. And that's yeah. what I'm uh, getting married. I love that, man. You got a really, a real purpose-driven life today. Yeah. Um, sure. And don't for one second forget absolute miracle. Yeah. I mean, just right oh, here, right now. We are living within the miracle, and I hope that we can celebrate that today. Yeah, I always celebrate Special. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Really cool. Cool. So, thanks, Jason. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Nick. Until next time, your grateful recovering president and founder, where I bring on amazing professionals and even better humans. You got to meet them today. Thank you so much. Find us on your podcast, Instagram, TikTok. I'm a TikTok brand ambassador. Until next time, peace. peace.